We're still in the early months of the 2021-2022 Sacramento Kings season and already reports of Luke Walton's seat getting hotter and hotter floating around the NBA media landscape. Of course, we're going to discuss Walton being on the hot seat. I'm going to share with you why it's not surprising how I talked about this being a possibility all offseason long. And I'll share with you why I think firing Luke Walton at this point in time would be the wrong decision for the Sacramento Kings. Plus, the Kings get a victory. They blow out the Detroit Pistons, so their losing streak is snapped. But that win really doesn't do much for Walton. I'll explain on today's episode of the Locked on Kings podcast. You are Locked on Kings, your daily Sacramento Kings podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it is that time. Time for another episode of Locked On Kings. Hello and welcome into Locked On Kings, your podcast hub for Sacramento Kings coverage all regular season and all off season. If you're looking for in-depth analysis, game-by-game breakdowns, highlights, interviews with local and national experts, full coverage of your Sacramento Kings from January through December, this is the place for you, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. My name is Matt George. I have the privilege of being your host here. I've been a Sacramento sports media member for the last uh, seven years. This is my eighth season covering Kings basketball, formerly for Sports 1140 KHDK Radio in Sacramento, now with ABC 10 television. And of course, before we dive into this conversation uh, about Luke Walton being on the hot seat, before we talk about uh, the Kings win in Detroit, I want to thank you for making Locked On Kings your first listen, not just on the Locked On Podcast Network, but hopefully your first listen for podcasts, period. But I have a couple recommendations for second and even third listens for you uh, on your podcast day after you listen to Locked On Kings. If you're a fan of the 49ers playing Monday night football action, check out the Locked On Niners podcast. Maybe you're like me a fan of the Oakland Raiders or formerly Oakland Raiders now Las Vegas Raiders uh, you can uh, catch your boy Q hosting the Locked On Raiders podcast to follow everything that's going on with them maybe you're also in baseball and an A's fan like me and maybe you're just as frustrated with the A's as I am and the possibility of them uh, trading away all their good players after losing manager Bob Melvin the Locked On A's podcast has you covered or if you're looking for more national NBA coverage check out the Locked On NBA podcast so many great podcasts for you to check out here on the Locked On Podcast Network. I encourage you to make them your second or third listen, but make sure Locked On Kings is still your first listen every single day. Let's dive into this conversation about Luke Walton because no matter what happened in this Detroit Pistons game today, Luke Walton was going to be the focus. And if you missed it, a report came out from The Athletic from uh, Sam Amick and Shams. Now, uh, if you're not too familiar with who Sam Amick is, uh, he's formerly with USA Today, but actually started his career in Sacramento, Is is uh, lives here in Sacramento, has his family here in Sacramento. So for a national reporter, he's very well connected with the Kings organization. Out of all national reporters covering the Kings, Sam is probably the most trusted source. Now, of course, there are a ton of great trusted sources of local reporters here in Sacramento for you to enjoy. But in terms of of national perspective. If Sam's name's on it, he is 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 pretty well connected and he's probably right. So this report comes out and it legitimizes things, right? This report uh, that Luke Walton is on the hot seat or his seat is getting hotter in Sacramento as time could potentially be running out uh, based off of the Kings' recent struggles. This came out uh, on Monday morning, well before the, the Kings and Pistons game. And Like I said, it legitimizes things, but it's also kind of like, at least to me it was, and maybe to you as well, especially if you've been listening to Locked on Kings, it's kind of like reporting the sky is blue. 
Like it was very implied. It was very obvious, maybe. Um, it was expected. Let's say that. That Luke Walton's job and Luke Walton's seat was going to get hotter as that losing streak continued and as those bad losses to bad teams um, continued to pile up. I mean, I've been saying it since last offseason that Luke Walton's job completely depends on this season, that if Luke doesn't make the playoffs, he's more than likely gone. Maybe if he makes the play-in and the Kings look good, he might be able to salvage his job, but even then, that's unlikely. He's going into his final year as a head coach next season, but uh, NBA head coaches typically don't go into lame duck years uh, without either knowing they're going to be back or knowing that their their time is done. Very off, uh, often, you don't see a coach coach their, their final year um, if, if teams don't plan on bringing them back. Uh, so this year was going to be really make or break for Luke Walton. And in my opinion, and in a lot of people's opinion, this is Luke Walton's real last chance as a head coach here in the NBA. Um, and, and he struggled, honestly, to this point. Now, this is only his second technical head coaching job. Struggle with the Lakers, his struggle with the Kings here. Uh, his best years as a head coach was when he was just filling in for, for Steve Kerr as a lead assistant with the Golden State Warriors when Kerr uh, was having his back problems. But this report shouldn't surprise anybody. I also said that if the Kings at any point this season go on a, a long losing streak, it, it probably wouldn't even get to nine games uh, like the Kings had two nine-game losing streaks last season. If the Kings go on a long losing streak at any point, I think Luke Walton might be fired pretty much on the spot. Uh, so I've shared with you, I think heads would roll this uh, this season if the Kings do not live up to the expectations of making the postseason that they've put upon themselves. Luke Walton is definitely the first to to take that fall. I hope Monty McNair's on that not on that list to take the fall based off of the positive moves that I felt that he's made. But no matter what happens, Luke Walton being fired, Monty McNair being fired, the entire roster being gutted, all the pressure is truly on the Kings ownership and, and, and Kings organization as a whole because fans are smart enough, media is smart enough, the NBA world is smart enough to recognize that this ownership group and, and this team as a whole has struggled with having too many cooks in the kitchen, sometimes meddling in basketball decisions, continuing to make the wrong decision. So firing another head coach, which by the way, Luke Walton is head coach number 10 uh, since Rick He's head coach number five. In Vivek Ranadive's tenure uh, as an uh, an owner in Sacramento, uh, so all that stuff weighs up. So the pressure is not just on Walton. The pressure is not just on McNair. The pressure is on Vivek and, and King's ownership to really get this right. But coaches are fall guys. The coaches. It's a, a lot easier when a team is struggling. If you need to make a change to get rid of the coach, one guy, versus getting rid of a, a bunch of players. But I don't think that coaching is the main problem. I almost said major problem, but it, it, coaching could be a major problem. I don't necessarily see it as that yet. I think it's it's a, a significant problem, but major as in the biggest problem on this Kings team is, is head coach Luke Walton. I disagree with that. Really with the exception of Mike Malone and maybe to some extent Dave Yeager, all of the coaches that have come through Sacramento since Rick Adelman have really struggled. And a lot of it has to do with not really having enough time to establish their culture. Now, uh, culture issues have been a major problem here in Sacramento uh, during this, this 15 year playoff drought. And it's very in, uh, difficult to, to fix that when you have a different guy at the head of your bench every other season or every two, three years. So the continuation of that pattern by firing Luke Walton here in the early parts of this season, to me, 
only makes things worse. It doesn't really make things better. Now, to be very clear, I'm not saying you just be complacent with poor coaching. If you really truly believe, and I'm talking like Monty McNair and the Kings organization, if you really truly believe that Luke Walton is the issue, Luke Walton is holding this team back, that Luke just can't figure out how to utilize this, what we all believe to be very talented roster. This is probably the most talented roster that the Kings have had since the the mid-2000s. Really, truly, truth be told, the amount of talent that's on this roster, the Kings should be better than what they are. And maybe Luke Walton just is not smart enough as a head coach to figure out how to utilize that. If you truly believe that, then make this decision. Don't hold on to the guy for financial reasons or hold on to the guy because you're afraid to continue that pattern. That's not what I'm saying at all. But with the amount of coaches that I've seen come through here in Sacramento, I'm hesitant to believe that another coaching change mid-season, not even mid-season, early season, is going to make that big of a difference. But I, I again, I told you that I thought this was very possible. And if a losing streak got anywhere close to nine, that we were going to not start, not just start to hear these rumors that we might see the ax fall um, pretty quickly. But a, a coaching change just really doesn't do it for me here. I'm not convinced that Luke Walton is the reason why this Kings team is struggling as much as they are. I'm not convinced. Now, I could be convinced or maybe strongly believe that Luke Walton is part of the significant inconsistencies with this Kings team. Now the Kings have been inconsistent in terms of playing to the level of their competition well before Luke Walton was here. So I'm not putting that on him, but I'm talking about the extreme ups and downs, this team going on winning streaks, then losing. Uh, let's talk about back at the, uh, the COVID shortened season, a couple seasons ago, before COVID ended the season, the Kings were red hot. We're on a massive run. And then they go to the bubble and they look terrible. Like that's, that's an anomaly. That's kind of a weird situation, but it's been the continuation of a, of a Luke Walton, Walton pattern that we saw a lot last season. Hey, the Kings won seven out of eight. The Kings won eight out of nine, nine game losing streak. Hey, the Kings are winning five out of six, seven out of seven or seven out of eight, nine game losing streak. Like those extreme highs and lows, I do believe Luke Walton is responsible for that. Just like I do believe Luke Walton uh, is responsible for questionable rotations at times, responsible uh, for really, I, I think how how he uses Tyrese and De'Aaron Fox together, how De'Aaron Fox gets his opportunities in the half-court offense, the half-court offense in general. Um, I do believe Luke is responsible for that, how the team has struggled sometimes coming out of the gate, but especially uh, with their their failed halftime adjustments or their lack of halftime adjustments. Like These are all things that I absolutely 100% put on Luke Walton. And could getting rid of Walton and, and replacing him with a different coach fix those? Of course. But it's still on the players themselves to execute. And I think this Kings team has a leadership problem. And it's not just a leadership problem from the coaching staff. It's a leadership problem from within that locker room. They have great leaders in, by example, guys like Harrison Barnes, guys like De'Aaron Fox, who's always tried to lead by example. Uh, they brought in Tristan Thompson to be more of that vocal leader, but I haven't really seen that. Have you? I mean, we, we heard about it and we saw it a lot during the preseason and during uh, interviews and during um, media day and things like that. But in terms of like in-game leadership, have you seen much from Tristan Thompson? I haven't. Like, I think that's another issue that coaching change doesn't necessarily fix. Plus it's on the Kings, the players, in my opinion, to execute and to be ready to go more than it's on the coach to get them ready to go. These are grown-ass men. These are adults. These are professionals. They don't need a coach to fire them up before every single game. They don't. Luke Walton is more of a manager 
in that sense than he is a motivator. So to me, Luke Walton being gone and inserting whatever head coach you want, but in reality, it would be Alvin Gentry more than likely. Gentry would take over and be the interim head coach uh, for the remainder of this season. And I don't think that really moves. That doesn't move the needle needle to me too much. No disrespect to Alvin, but it just doesn't do much for me. I don't think a coaching change fixes the problems that we've been seeing with the Kings to start this season. Maybe a little bit, but not completely. And truth be told, I think it would be also a, a dumb decision for the Kings to fire Luke Walton early on in the season, especially after committing to the guy in the offseason. That looks Mon- makes Monty McNair look really bad, even if Monty was forced in that decision financially. That never, never came out, but we do know the effects that COVID-19 had on the Sacramento Kings uh, organization as it did on every NBA organization. We know for a fact, or at least I know for a fact, that Kings minority owners have complained and been frustrated and have been tired of paying multiple head coaches at the same time and don't want to continue doing that. So there have been financial reasons to keep Luke Walton along, and I don't know how much of McNair's decision it was truly to keep him. He's going to say it was 100% his decision as everybody else will. I, all we can do is really take them at their word, but there's always been that skepticism in the back of my mind. But regardless, you committed to the guy this offseason when you had an entire offseason to execute a coaching sh- search with candidates out there. You chose not to. You chose to commit to the guy. You said he is your guy. That's great. That's fine. You can't rescind that 13, 14 games into the season because of a four-game losing streak, even if those four games were very difficult to watch and got me as fired up as I was on my most recent podcast over the weekend. Like you can't do, or on Friday, you can't do that. I think it's a, it's a terrible look for the organization. It's terrible for the team. It doesn't help the team. To me, it's really simple. Luke Walton knows that he is coaching for his job. If the Kings make the playoffs, he'll get another contract. If the Kings make the play-in, he might. If the Kings miss the playoffs, he's done. I think you give Luke Walton the season unless this Kings team completely falls out of it, they completely fall apart, and the team quits on Walton. That's when you make a midseason change. But when you're before the Detroit game, three games under 500, even if you're coming off of four bad losses, blowing an 18-point lead in Oklahoma City, that to me is not the time to really consider pulling the trigger uh, on, on firing Luke Walton. But that's just my opinion uh, on the situation. And, and truth be told, with this this game in Detroit tonight, there wasn't much that could have happened to positively help Luke. And there there was still not that much. There's a little bit more negative that could affect than positive, but not that much to to affect a drastic decision. Now, if the Kings had gone into this game and and been blown out and embarrassed by the Pistons and the team clearly quit on him. Maybe we see Luke Walton get fired on Tuesday. Maybe. But that one didn't happen. And two, that still feels like a stretch. That feels like a knee-jerk reaction for this Kings team. I know a lot of fans maybe, or not a lot of fans, some fans uh, who were very vocal on social media might have been rooting for that. There was not much chance of that. But as uh, we transition here into talking about the actual Kings win in Detroit over the Pistons, there wasn't much from this game that really helps Luke Walton or makes his seat any less cool other than, or any less hot, I should say, any more cool, other than the Kings snapping that four-game losing streak. 
So we'll get into this game here coming up next. Before that, I want to let you know that today's episode of the Locked On Kings podcast is brought to you by Prize Picks. They have the best daily fantasy sports NBA prop games on the market. Prize Picks offers more NBA props than any other DFS prop operator and offers all the superstar players as well as the bench players who are only recording a handful of minutes each game. Prize Picks offers any prop that you can think of uh, from points to field goal percentage to assists to turnovers, to blocks. They have it all. Uh, and all Locked on Kings listeners uh, who want to sign up can receive a 100% instant bonus uh, up to $100, an instant match. All you have to do is uh, enter promo code NBA. You deposit 100 bucks, you get another 100 bucks free on top of that. And the way this works, you pick two to five players and an over-under on their projections, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. It's just you versus the projected numbers, so you're not playing anybody else. You versus the house, basically, and you can use your Kings knowledge or just your NBA knowledge to make you some cash. Price Picks also allows mixed sports entries. Uh, you can take the the over on uh, De'Aaron Fox's points on the, the same Sunday as you could take the under on uh, Derek Carr uh, passing touchdowns. Whatever want to do, make sure you use their award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. Entries can be made in 60 seconds. You can play and, 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 and do that while you're watching games. Prize Picks is safe, offers fast withdrawals as well. Don't hesitate. Check out prizepicks.com. Use promo code NBA. Go to your App Store. Download the app today. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Locked on Kings is also brought to you by Direct TV, and I know this sounds familiar to some of you. You have one device that lets you catch the game live. You have another one that lets you stream your favorite shows. You have a third to watch sports highlights on. Maybe it's even your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for all the other good stuff on top of all of that. There's now a way to get all that entertainment that you have together in one place. No worries about multiple subscriptions. No worries about multiple devices. All in one place with Direct TV Stream. Now, I know what you're thinking. You hear Direct TV, you think TV packages, TV contracts. This isn't that. The TV contracts are gone. This is still cord cutting. You're, you're using a Direct TV service, but you're not obligated over the course of a year or two. You can cancel at any time. It brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes, no need to buy another device ever again, so it saves you money. Get rid of the clutter, get rid of the confusion, get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at DirecTV.com. That's DirecTV.com. Compatible device is required content varies by package. The losing streak is over. The Kings blow out the Detroit Pistons 129 to 107. But like I said earlier, I don't know how much this game helps Luke Walton. Truth be told. And there are certainly positives from this game. I'm not trying to undermine what Walton and the Kings were able to accomplish. They snap a four-game losing streak. That's always a positive. You win on the road, that's always a positive, regardless of who you play. And I talked about on the last podcast how the Kings can't afford to go into any building thinking they're better than anybody. This Pistons team is really bad. Really, really bad. But the Kings didn't necessarily play to their level at any point in this game, and that is encouraging. So I'm not trying to take that away from what a low bar, that being encouraging. Um, I'm not trying to take that away from the Kings, but this Pistons team is really bad. Like really, 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 really bad. The Kings did some good things, but I put more on their accomplishments from this game, their statistical achievements in this game. I put more of that on the Detroit Pistons being a bona fide G League team. And I'm not trying to be disrespectful saying that, truly. I look at this team. I like Jeremy Grant. Of course, Cade Cunningham, the number one overall pick. He's exciting. Killian Hayes, their pick last season. There is talent on this 
Pistons roster, but they're clearly not there yet. Clearly not there. It's really, it's like Cade Cunningham, uh, Grant, Sadiq Bey, Killian Hayes, and then a bunch of just leftovers. So this Detroit Pistons team, they're trying to figure it out. Dwayne Casey's trying to build something in Detroit. This team is at rock bottom. They don't care about losing this year. They're probably going to add another top five pick to Cade Cunningham and Killian Hayes uh, next year. So that's fine. That's fantastic. Good for them. They're really, really bad right now. And the Kings took advantage of that. Now, I will give the Kings credit uh, in, in certain areas. The Kings defensively, I thought, were very active. I wouldn't say they were great. Like I said, I feel like just the Pistons were bad and were just missing shots. I mean, they shot 27% uh, from three-point range, 13 to 47. It did end up shooting 40% from the field, that number way up from their like mid-20s that they were at for much of the first half. Um, but the Pistons, they just very poor offensively in this game. And the Kings were active defensively, active with their hands, rotating hard, closing out. Um, you can see De'Aaron Fox take on the assignment of, of staying in front of Cade Cunningham. Tyrese Halliburton did a good job. Uh, like Defensively, the Kings gave enough effort and played aggressive enough to disrupt the Pistons, and that led to this terrible shooting performance. So kind of split 50-50. 50% is on the Pistons being bad, and 50% is on the, on the Kings uh, playing with a good defensive effort. I thought De'Aaron Fox and Tyrese Halliburton had a really, really nice game together. And you're going to hear in just a second, uh, both Luke Walton uh, and Tyrese Halliburton speaking. I have some clips for you. I sp spoke with both of them uh, after the game. And I even asked Tyrese about his chemistry uh, with De'Aaron Fox, because we've heard about these chemistry issues and, and Tyrese hasn't taken too fondly to that. And the, the Kings starting backcourt tonight combined for 36 points. It's nice to see both of them have a good game offensively scoring. But in addition to that, they combined for 19 rebounds, 17 points of 10 assists, a double-double for Tyrese Halliburton, uh, 19 points, nine assists for De'Aaron Fox. Uh, Fox also had three steals. Tyrese had two. Tyrese had a blocked shot. Uh, the Kings got six rebounds from Fox, a couple from Tyrese. So both of them were very, very active. They did a good job. And not surprising, when the Kings win, they do it as a team. Six players in double-figure scoring. Buddy Heald led the team in scoring off the bench with 22 points, went six of 10 from three-point range. He had a game-winner was it last season or two seasons ago in Detroit? So he liked playing uh, in the Motor City. He's got good memories there. So he, he has full confidence wherever he goes shooting the basketball, but especially a little extra special there uh, in that uh, the little Caesars arena. So it was nice to see Fox and Halliburton combining uh, for a positive performance. We need to see that more often, more often than not this season. Uh, the two of them have struggled together or one has had a good game and the other has struggled. Fox's best game was when Tyrese was out and the Kings got blown out in San Antonio. So we need to see more of that. Like I said earlier, that's on Luke Walton. And I need to see more for De'Aaron Fox in the half court. Like looking at De'Aaron Fox's half court offense, I don't know how much I blame him because it doesn't look like the Kings really run anything for him. And if they do, it's extremely basic. Now, I talked on last podcast about how basic and boring and easy to defend the Kings half-court offense is. That's a major problem this year. But I think this has a lot to do with De'Aaron Fox's struggles because Fox is not shooting the basketball too well right now, especially deep uh, from three-point range or, or long twos. Teams know that. So every single time anybody sets a screen for De'Aaron, teams are going underneath that screen. They're not going over the top. They're daring Fox to shoot it. And right now that gamble is paying off for them. So as they continue to do that, Fox has struggled more and more to, to get to the rim, to get those looks around the rim that he normally gets. He's, he's dealt with a lot of physicality around the rim that's no longer a foul this season. Maybe it was a foul last season. We're seeing him settle for a lot of mid-range step-back jumpers, 
because teams are going under screens. The Kings, I think, need to do a better job drawing up more than just a single pick to get Fox going in the half court. Now, Tyrese thrives in the half court because Tyrese is a very crafty ball handler, high basketball IQ. And I'm not saying De'Aaron Fox isn't, but Tyrese operates in the half court trying to pick apart a defense and find the open man. De'Aaron operates in the half court trying to find his shot. And that's what the Kings need from De'Aaron Fox. He's not a pass point first point guard. And he never has been. He doesn't need to be. He still can have a game like tonight where he has nine assists, even when he's looking to score first. But the half-court offense needs to be better. And the Luke Walton and the Kings need to find a better way to optimize their best player offensively in the half-court because they don't do it very well. It's either single picks and it doesn't go anywhere or isolation. And Fox has struggled uh, shooting the basketball right now. So that's that's why he really has not gotten going uh, so far this season. But overall, I thought Fox and Halliburton tonight uh, had a very, very nice game. Marvin Bagley played in this game. Only his second game this season. He played in the home opener against the Utah Jazz when Mo Harkless was out with injury. In this game, Mo Harkless was available. But the Kings elected not to play Mo Harkless or Terrence Davis. The Kings decided to play Marvin Bagley with Tristan Thompson off of the bench. You're going to hear Luke Walton talking about why he made that decision. It has a lot to do with rebounding. He was fine. I, I couldn't tell you, I couldn't point to anything that Marvin did specifically where I was like, wow, that was amazing. He had seven points, three rebounds. That was basically it. I, the best compliment I can give him is that defensively, he didn't look lost. He was fine defensively, made a couple of decent defensive plays. So, Okay, Marvin Bagley played in this game, and I also don't think it's a coincidence necessarily that Marvin played against the Detroit Pistons, who, if you you didn't know, there have been reports swirling around that the Pistons are one of the biggest suitors potentially for Marvin Bagley in a trade. So was this also maybe a little opportunity for a Marvin tryout for the Pistons to get a direct look at him in person? Who knows? But with how bad this Pistons roster is and how much they need help size-wise, you know, Marvin Bagley, if he gets traded and starts in Detroit, um, he still will struggle. And if, but if he stays healthy, he might be able to average a double double just by the amount of touches and amount of opportunities he'll get alone uh, on this bad team. So I don't think that's a coincidence. Maybe Bagley w- was trying out for a potential new team. Uh, who knows? But Coming up next, you're going to hear Luke Walton talking about why he played Marvin. You're going to hear Luke Walton talking about this win. I think he also is asked and addresses a little bit of the um, the, the the hot seat report. And he talked about that more pregame than he did postgame. Uh, and you're going to hear Tyrese Halliburton talk about the team's relationship and his personal relationship with Luke Walton. You're going to hear uh, Tyrese talk about, like I mentioned, uh, his chemistry on the floor with De'Aaron Fox. That's all coming up here in just a second. Before that, though, I want to let you know today's episode of the Locked on Kings podcast is brought to you by Built Bar. I love Thanksgiving, all the good food, all the treats, and there's plenty of them, but maybe you want a yummy dessert that isn't so full of calories and isn't so full of sugar. It's the perfect time for Built Bars. Built Bars, the new holiday dessert. Uh, You can feast on something delicious and feel good about it. One slice of pie has upwards of 300 calories, and truthfully, that's on the low end. Most Built Bars are only 130 calories and only four grams of sugar with plenty of protein. You can replace a coconut cream pie this holiday season with a coconut Built Bar, or go for a raspberry Built Bar instead of raspberry pie. There are a lot of good flavors to replace any pie. They're low calorie, low carbs, low fat, high protein, 
covered in 100% chocolate, and of course, they are delicious. Built is a great option for when you're hungry and Thanksgiving isn't coming soon enough, even though we're just over a week away. You can order a box right now and get them before Thanksgiving. Plus, keep an eye out for great Black Friday deals uh, on Built.com for you to really get some good savings and order boxes of Built bars. But you can also get a great deal right now simply by using promo code LOCKED15. You'll get 15% off at Built.com. So go order a box today, pick your favorite flavors, or get a mixed box to try all these flavors out. Again, that's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Here's Sacramento Kings head coach Luke Walton. Hey, Luke. Um, with the win tonight, it was it a way to maybe correct a lot of ills that you guys have been experiencing? Like, What can just maybe this one game kind of do for you guys? No, it's good to get it. Um, again, the same message I give our players. It's all about building. It's building for the future. Keep building. Even the Oklahoma City game, like we're mad we lost the game 100%. But we have built an 18-point lead up halfway through the third. So, like, we're doing good things. Um, but we're not there yet. We're not a team that just consistently gets it done. And that's something that takes time and experience and work and work and work. Uh, tonight, we did a much better job of building a lead and then holding a lead. So uh, it, it definitely feels good to get the win. But more importantly, uh, I thought we got better tonight. We took another step forward in, in the direction we're trying to go. Yeah, Luke, you talked about the 32 assists. Just how much did you guys need to see the ball move, move like that? It's been a, a little while and it's been a little sticky for a while. Yeah, it's look. We talk about how we how we want to play and what our you know the you know who we want to be as a team uh, from a pace standpoint. But that also comes down to like quick decisions. We we talk a lot in our film sessions about quick decisions, and what we mean by that is like if you're open, shoot it. But if not, get off of it and run into one of our other actions. And I thought tonight we did a much better job of when shots weren't there, the ball moved, next guy attacked, we play made for each other. Um, and that's more of where, uh, where we're trying to play at on a, a night in and night out basis. Hey Luke, the decision to play, uh, Marvin Bagley tonight and no more Harkless or Terrence Davis, you talked about going big earlier to crash the glass. Was that the main reason behind it or was it matchup based? What was the, the thought behind that decision? We got to rebound the basketball. So, you know, it's like I've said, it's from day one, like we know we're, we're a smaller group. We got a lot of guards we're playing, um, and how much I can play certain groups together is going to be all dependent on, on how well we can rebound the basketball. And unfortunately, even though I thought we'd played some really good basketball, um, you know, through these first, you know, 12, 13 games, uh, throw out two awful games, but we played some really good basketball. We're not finishing possessions. Uh, and, and, you know, so at that, I got to reevaluate, look to, you know, try something different. So we went bigger tonight. Um, and, you know, I'll rewatch the film. We did a good job on the rebounds total. Uh, I know they, they missed a lot of shots, um, but 16 offense rebounds, not much better than we've been doing. So I got, you know, we're still looking to, to figure that out uh, as, as something that's a priority for us right now. Does, uh, does this win, you know, after the four in a row, does this help to alleviate um, any pressure, or just sort of tension that, that might've been building behind the scenes? No, no. I mean, the, the only pressure that builds behind the scenes is that we, we're frustrated with losing. Uh, and yeah, anytime you've, you know, we, we like to not, we like to cut it off before four. Um, but when you lose as professional athletes, uh, there's, there's some frustration there. So uh, it ends that. Um, but yeah, that's, that's, that's the only pressure that we're, that we're looking at in our locker room. I know the number you'd, you'd prefer to be zero offensive rebounds given up and zero second chance points. But is there for you and your staff, like a, an ideal target number of, we want to hold a team to like this amount and it's a good performance on offensive boards. 
Yeah, there's not a, you know, when it comes to rebound, especially in today's NBA with the amount of, of, of shots and possessions per game, it's much more of a, you know, a percentage that we're willing to give up. Uh, and I got to, I'm not smart enough to figure out that percentage here on the fly, but um, I do know the overall number of 16 is, is too high. Um, and look, you know, it, the amount of threes that, that are shot per game too now, it's like you get some, some jacked up offensive rebounds that are flying, you know, to where normally they wouldn't go. Um, but to me, it's more about building the habits of checking our man. If they're coming, we hit and then release. So uh, if we get better at that, uh, I'll, be, I'll be happy. Um, but I am happy about the win. I'm going to give you guys Tyrese right now. And I'm happy about Tyrese's performance uh, tonight. Uh, although he had one defensive rebound and the only defensive rebound he had, he's, the ball was already going out of bounds. He just stole it so that he didn't end with zero. Um, talk to you guys later. Enjoy Tyrese. Ty, just how much did maybe prior to tonight things just feel like, I don't know if pressure is the right word, but things were starting to compound and taking that into a game like this, did it almost feel like you guys needed to snap that streak tonight? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, it was it, not to say, I mean, I don't want to put so much pressure to say like, Oh, this is a must win, but I mean, it is, you know, I feel like every game we, we, you know, you want to come out and win and you know, feel like we had to, you know, snap this little losing streak we got going on so we could finish the road trip the right way. Uh, feels good to get this win, but now we got to go into Minnesota, finish the road trip the right way. Um, you know, because, you know, we've already had two long road trips and a lot of December is, you know, a, a large homestand. So, um, you know, you're just hoping that, um, you know, just, we're, we're trying not to get under 500. You know, we've we've done that uh, this year already uh, a couple of times. But, you know, now we're just trying to get back and, and, you know, take it one game at a time. Hey, Ty, I know you see some of this stuff from the outside and you guys try to keep the noise out. But just where are you guys out with Luke? It, it seems like your group is is behind him and you guys all seem to be doing okay together. It's just the the losing streaks have been a little rough. Yeah, I mean, as our, as our coach. So, um, you know, we're coming out here, you know, playing for each other, uh, you know, all as one team, you know, and he's, you know, the coach, the leader of our team. So, uh, you know, he we got his back, um, you know, just like he's got ours. Um, so, you know, I don't, I, when you say where where are you at, I mean, it's my, it's my coach. We have a good relationship, uh, get along well. So, you know, I got his back. Hey, Tyrese, I know you've been asked before about your and, and De'Aaron Fox's on-court chemistry, 36 points between the two of you tonight, 19 assists between the two of you. Can you just speak to in nearly identical minutes, uh, this kind of performance between the two of you, how versatile this team is when both of you are scoring and distributing at the rate that you guys were? Yeah, you know, I thought we both played well. Uh, you know, I don't. I don't think either of us or anybody here feels like we have a chemistry issue. Um, you know, I feel like I was asked that question last week, last game, and I feel like it's a non-existent thing. It does not exist. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I don't really have to say much. You guys read the box score and tell me how that chemistry issue is looking. Ty, would it, uh, would it, the, the energy and the effort real was really strong, like from the outset tonight. Um, is there an element of, um, you know, you mentioned you, you, you know, having your coaches back, was there, was there an element of that tonight, just sort of showing and, and, um, you know, playing hard for your coach? Uh, I mean, we're just playing basketball, you know, uh, you know, I don't think any, we're not really listening to outside noise or anything like that. We're just, uh, worried about, you know, ourselves internally. And, uh, you know, we understand that we, you know, we gotta be better, uh, you know, so we just want to come out here and get a win. 
So you've heard from Walton and Halliburton. Now I want to hear from you. Your thoughts on this Kings win against Detroit, but more specifically, your thoughts on Luke Walton. Are you one of that group that wants to see the Kings move on from Walton? And do you believe that it could have an immediate positive effect? If so, let me know why. I'm I'm down to hear it at Matt George Radio on, or rather at Matt George Sack, excuse me, on Twitter. Uh, you can email me, MattGeorgeSports at gmail.com or leave your thoughts down in the comment section down below. Uh, if you agree with me, and but maybe I didn't present your argument, or if you just want to discuss both sides, let's let's talk about it. I would love to hear your thoughts uh, on the potential of the Kings moving on from Luke Walton. I personally don't think he's going anywhere. Uh, I think Luke Walton will finish out the season here in Sacramento, um, but it does doesn't surprise me that that hot seat rumors and reports will pick up uh, if the Kings do continue to struggle. So want to hear your thoughts on tomorrow's Locked on Kings podcast. I'm hoping uh, to do a, a kind of a mix of a preview of the, the Kings and Minnesota Timberwolves on Wednesday. Maybe continue this conversation on Luke Walton and everything that's going on uh, with Luke Walton, any new information that comes out. Uh, so I hope you will tune in for tomorrow's Locked on Kings podcast. I appreciate your support as always. Until then, my name is Matt George. You have been listening to Locked on Kings, part of the Locked on Podcast Network.